0: Welcome back to Searching for Political Identity, everybody. It is 4.11 in the morning, September 12th. We're calling this a midnight special. You know, I was going to put the episode out on Saturday, September 11th, the 20th anniversary of September 11th, as I normally do on Saturdays, but I don't know. I just didn't get to it. So we're here now. I'm going to start by telling you my favorite movie line of all time, That's a question that circulates Twitter. So I thought it'd be fun to share this with you. Ready? Here's my Joker impression. Jack Nicholson, by far the best Joker. Okay, here it goes. I'm only laughing on the outside. My smile is just skin deep. If you could see inside, I'm really crying. You might join. You might join me for a weep. (laughs) and then he freakishly bows out of the room alright not bad right right. another one that I absolutely love from the Joker in that movie is you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight I ask that of all my prey I just like the way it sounds (laughs) so I'm working on it okay Hollywood here I come alright I wanted to let you guys know that I'm studying critical race theory in jurisprudence class next week, so if we cover enough of it next week, I'll do the episode on critical race theory next Saturday, and if we don't, then I'll do it the following week, because by then, certainly, I think we'll have covered enough of the material where I'll be able to relay to you what I've been exposed to in that class, so really looking forward to that because. We throw around terms like intersectionality and critical race theory. I do, at least. And I'd be lying if I said I had an appropriate understanding of it. I haven't done the reading. So for now, I'm just regurgitating what I hear Sean Hannity say. So it'll be interesting to see if I agree with Sean Hannity and many on the right in their attitude towards critical race theory. Or if I end up thinking that Sean Hannity and them need to take a second look at this material and check their egos at the door. So I'm looking forward to that. Let me say something quick about 9-11. I'm not going to dwell on it. Um, in my episode called Kabul Falls, I recounted my little 9-11 story, and then the following episode where I interviewed Bart Gellman, I talked with him about 9-11 Quite a bit. He gave his perspective, which was tremendous. So I highly recommend you go back and listen to at least that episode with Bart, if you haven't already. If you're looking for a conversation where two people are reflecting on 9 11 and how we changed, America changed much more so than the world did after that day. And here we are in the present day, dealing with COVID being ripped apart philosophically by COVID. So I'm looking at this milestone, this twenty year anniversary, you know, as um as a tough one. It's been a rough twenty years. It's been a scary twenty years, right? Now we're afraid that we could be attacked on our homeland. Here I said I wasn't gonna go back into nine eleven, but just to say what a crazy, crazy, crazy Terrible, terrible event that was. And then here we are in COVID. You might say a similar tragedy, a similar, now the numbers obviously are, look, I mean, the numbers are far greater with COVID, but a vibe that's similar. And we are just at a tough place in society right now. So, all the more reason for me to keep doing this podcast. Here's a story for you. Last Thursday, I went to a business networking event. Threw on some slacks, a shirt, shoes, blazer, no tie. I look good. I won't lie to you. And I mixed it up with some peeps, and I met a lot of people who work for some really interesting and very cool nonprofits. Met a couple small business owners. And I got to tell a couple people about the podcast. And one of the ladies who works for the San Diego Chamber of Commerce, who was at this event and I I think is at many of these events, I'll start going to more of them. But I was chatting with her and she has a son exactly my age, 31. I'll be 32 in a month and a half. But. Her son's 31, living in San Francisco. He's a sommelier and he's got a podcast. And so we exchanged info. So let me plug his show right now. It's called The Reluctant Psalm, S O M M, The Reluctant Psalm Podcast. So check that out if you're into spirits, beer, wine. I'm going to, I actually really need to educate myself on that kind of stuff. So I'm going to check it out. But it was great to meet people. Get out there. So not a Brian Escal move. <laughs> so it's, it's a good sign that I'm coming out of my shell a bit. That was really fun. The sky opened up. It started pouring. It was an outdoor event. And, you know, we had like one drink and it was cool and people were talking. And then all of a sudden the sky opened up and we had to take shelter. Uh, it, was, it was fun. It was kind of cool. Mm-mm-mm. Why should you listen to this podcast? Well, as you know by now, if you're a listener of mine, I'm trying to take an academic approach to the hottest issues that face America today. And just, yeah, I'm trying to find out what I believe in. I'm searching for political identity. So that's the whole thing. So you should listen to me, not because I'm objective. No one can be truly objective. I'm not claiming that. I'm saying. I'm really going to approach this stuff academically and follow the facts, follow my heart, follow my conscience, and see where I end up. Why did I start this podcast? Well, we all can see the extremes. We all feel the heat, the divide in America. It's real. In fact, I was just watching a little bit of American History X last night movie I haven't seen in years, and I was wondering if I'd still love it and feel moved by it. Didn't finish it, but yeah, I was definitely still moved by it. Very hard to, hard to watch, hard to watch, um, but very good. And it reminds you, these issues have not, these are not new issues. <laughs> these are not new issues. The racism, the immigration, the fear, The white rage. These are not new issues. So I'm going to finish that movie this week. It's important. I think it's worth watching. Edward Norton was incredible in that. But yeah, the divide is real, right? And, And my thing is, I don't think that the majority, or many, of Trump supporters are Edward Norton's character in American History X. That's the characterization that some on the left would have you believe. I don't believe that. Do I believe they're out there? Yes. Evil people out there? Yes. Super ignorant, angry people out there? Yes. But the question for me is, if you take away the worst of that and filter out the racism and filter out the fear, is there something redeemable? There, is there a redeemable platform? This is what I talk about, Trump's appeal. Why does Trump have the, well, he has a very strong personality, but he's also tugging on real fabrics, right, that people really hold dear. He's tugging on their heartstrings. People do feel like they're losing their country. Uh, I don't know why. Is it because more brown people are in this country than before? I don't know, but yeah, the divide's real. I don't think everyone's as racist as many on the left think, but um, because I believe that many on the right, Trump supporters in particular, their concerns are not just racist. I think that's far too simplistic. So yeah, I stick up for Trump supporters when I think they're being unfairly criticized. Now, of course, that, that evil is there, there are white supremacists in this country. There is an element of homegrown terrorism in this country. January 6, 2021 was very disturbing. Very disturbing. But I am not willing to say that I'm confident that many, most, or the majority, however you want to say it, of the people that stormed the Capitol are racist. Are those people racist, or are they just a little fanatical? Are they a little crazy? Did they buy a little too much into Trump's bullshit? It's a a very confusing time with the pandemic. I personally think Trump would have glided to re-election if the pandemic didn't hit, and had he not mishandled it so badly. So, these Trump supporters, who feel like they finally got their voice in the White House, you know, they're like freaking pissed. And they feel like it was stolen because it was an unusual election due to COVID. So, no, I don't think the people that stormed the cat- <coughs> Capitol are necessarily racist at all. Um, I'm not defending each of their honor. I'm sure there's a few racists in there. But animating Trump's movement, racism, <sighs> you know, there's gotta be a component of it. There's, a comp- there's something to it, but maybe that's only because the people like me who are critiquing Trump are racist. What about that? Well, Brian, you're racist. Why, what's racist about saying we put America first? We put American citizens first. Hello, we have the 14th Amendment, Hello, citizens are equal. We don't judge people on their skin color. Americans are Americans. Non-Americans are not. All right? What's wrong with taking that platform? And by the way, if you want to call me a racist because I'm supporting a Trump America first MAGA platform, maybe you're the racist. Maybe you're racist. Why are you telling me it's racist to support? I don't support that agenda, the MAGA agenda, but just looking at it through their prism, prism, through their lens. Why are you saying it's racist to support Trump's policies? That's bullshit. What do you say to that? Is Trump really a racist because he said African nations are shithole countries? And he launched his run for presidency in 2016 by calling Mexicans rapists and murderers? The birtherism? So maybe it is fair. Maybe it is fair to lob all that criticism at him. Maybe Trump deserves every single bit of it because of what a jerk-off he is and what an asshole he is. I don't know. I swing back and forth on it. And that's the problem because he's such a flawed person, such a flawed messenger that you get fixated on the messenger because he's so outrageous. Again, the question is, is there something underneath that outrageousness that is worth respecting and understanding? I say yes. I can't tell how much of it is racism. I don't know. I'm just saying underneath is something we should pay attention to. How could people of color support Trump? I'm not saying a lot do, but there are people of color who support Trump. There are period, right? So are they racist? Are they stupid? Are they is every person of color who supports Trump an idiot? Is every person of color who supports Trump um an uncle tom? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. But why do people on the left think that? Hmm. So there's a lot to get into in terms of analyzing Trump supporters. And I will be doing that. I'll be doing plenty of that in the coming weeks. Before I let you go, because I never promised this would be a particularly long episode, let me talk to you about aliens. Here's the question for you. If the United States government put out a report that said, we don't know what these flying objects are. They could be adversaries with advanced technology. They could be, theoretically, aliens. What do you think it is? Because that is what happened. The government put out a report in June that basically said, they didn't say it's aliens, but they didn't rule it out. And you just start hunting for clips and check out, um, in fact, let me plug this. Go on YouTube and search the UFO phenomenon. Full documentary, 2021, 7 News Spotlight. Watch that documentary, okay? Guys, aliens might be here. When I say here, at least flying around and poking around our nuclear sites and letting us know that they're here, that they're watching us. Now, clearly, if this is the case, they're friendlies. Because if they weren't friendly, we'd already be enslaved, right? If they're here, they're clearly friendly. Are they here? Are they floating around? (laughs) Do they have bases in the depth of our oceans? (laughs) The fact that that's possible, that you can't rule that out, is hilarious to me. So, with all the crazy stuff going on in the world, wouldn't it just be the perfect decade to just have aliens reveal themselves? Might as well. Rip the Band-Aid off. Rip the band aid off, guys. Let us know that we're not alone. Wow. Would that turn your life upside down? It would. The question is, how much? How much would it turn your life upside down if one day the alien said, okay, we've given them enough of a primer? Let's go ahead and make a showing. Let's introduce ourselves. Absolutely fascinating to think about because of the evidence that's starting to build. Watch that documentary. I'll leave you on that cliffhanger. Ladies and gentlemen, with that said, have a great week. Thanks for being listeners. This is Brian Escal with Searching for Political Identity, and I am out. Peace.